Welcome to Right Now Workshop Podcast, where you can write a book and change the world. I'm your host, Kitty Buholtz, and this is episode 144, Finding Inspiration, coming to you on Thursday, May 23rd, 2019. Depending on where you work or the kinds of people that you've been hanging out with or whether or not you have anyone around you talking about other things in life besides whatever it is that you're doing with your writing... Around me, there's been, of course, a lot of people talking about Game of Thrones, the final season, season eight. Oh, it just started. I have to be home for it. I can't go out on Mondays because there's going to be a new episode or whatever. And then, of course, all the people going, I hate Game of Thrones. I can't wait for it to be over. I'm so tired of people talking about it for the last few years. Well, you know, one of the things that uh, the series is sort of famous for, one of its little sayings, you see it on t-shirts, is winter is coming. I am here to tell you, summer is coming. (laughs) Depending on what the weather is like where you are, this may not be a surprise for you. But there have been some moments in the last few weeks where people here in southern Sweden have been wondering whether or not summer had any intention of ever returning again. But last weekend we wore shorts, shorts. I had jeans on because I'm like, yeah, in the 60s, you know, that'll be nice, but no big deal. But between the humidity and I don't know, 60s here is way different from 60s in California, which by the way, what is that? Uh, Teens? Uh, Yeah, it's like maybe 16 or 17. I really need to get my Celsius back in my head again. But anyway, it was like 69 degrees here finally um, by the middle, middle to end of the afternoon on Saturday. And we had to come back and change out of jeans into shorts because we were so hot. I'm like, this is awesome. I hadn't worn shorts for seven or eight months. (laughs) So I'm very, very happy. I hope you are having weather that makes you happy wherever you are. But speaking of Game of Thrones, so I have been um, reminded time and again of all the different ways that we put conflict in stories and the fact that I am one of many people who can find it super duper difficult for bad things to happen to my characters. Now, George R.R. Martin apparently has no difficulty having bad things happen to his characters because I don't think that there's anyone getting through his stories unscathed in some way. So great. (laughs) It's not necessarily the kind of story I usually am wanting to follow because I need to be able to root for someone and I want them to have some chance of winning, not just wait for them to die, which for the most part, we're watching season four. We just started season four. Because, yes, we've been behind from all of the moving and whatever. And I'm just like, okay, there is um, probably no chance that if I decide I really like somebody, they're going to live through this story. But, okay, anyway, the rest of it, though, is so interesting with all of the conflict in between people and in between um, different, well, see, I would say countries if it were here. What is it then? Kingdoms? Kingdoms, yeah. Anyway... So again, I'm looking at all this going, okay, he has just no problem with conflict, but I often have a problem with conflict. Um, The story that I have been very fitfully trying to be working on for Hallmark, I'm having a huge problem with conflict because... I know in my head that I am aiming at this sweet market, very G-rated story, 
And um, so there's not going to be death and destruction like there is in Game of Thrones. There will be no kidnappings, uh, though, you know, that could be like a Hallmark mystery. Um, But for just like a nice, plain, sweet romance, oh my gosh, it is so hard. But over the last week or so, I've been seeing and thinking about conflict a lot um, in conversations with my coworkers or overhearing other conversations between coworkers, hearing people talk about Game of Thrones, being behind but watching other episodes of Game of Thrones. And I thought, you know what? Um, I'll just mention to you all the places that I've been very recently uh, finding inspiration for conflict that I can put in my stories. Now, am I putting Game of Thrones conflict in my Hallmark story? Obviously not. But am I finding ideas? Yes, because, for instance, in Game of Thrones, betrayal is a huge problem. Well, you can still have betrayal even in a G-rated Hallmark type um, story. You can have betrayal anywhere because it doesn't have to be uh, death and destruction betrayal. It could be telling a secret that you promised you wouldn't tell or um, falling in love with, you know, your best friend's boyfriend or, um, gosh, betrayal comes in in so many ways. Um, Giving out a recipe that you promised you weren't going to give out. Um, It just depending on what the story is and who the characters are, you can use betrayal in any number of ways. And there's really no place that you can't make it work for your story. Then there's um, gaining power from some other group of people. So in Game of Thrones, uh, the mother of dragons um, has been spending a lot of time freeing slaves by pretty much causing slave uprisings and saying, join me and you'll be free, not a slave any longer. And then the slaves like do an uprising over their masters and then she gains all this power. And anyway, it's... It's very crafty. She's she's very good at it. But um, depending on what you're writing, it could be, you know, gaining um, like a grassroots kind of effort, you know, the power that comes from getting the community behind you. And it could be like good power or bad power, depending on which character you want to, to be getting this power to use. Um, so it could be, you know, saving a historic building or it could be... Um, tearing down some old buildings, uh, like old warehouses on the waterfront to build, you know, new condos. And then you can have people on both sides. Um, And both of them like trying to get all of the people who live in the neighborhood to support them. So that is um, something that even though like I'm looking at Game Game of Thrones and seeing how she gets all this power from the slave uprising class, like you could have somebody in your book who gets more power by getting the people to um, rise up and be on their side. Um, And then this one always kind of makes me laugh. So the Hound, uh, if I remember right, the first three and three seasons that I was watching, he did a lot of killing and he did whatever, excuse me, he did whatever he was told, but like he didn't seem to have any problem killing people. But I'm noticing in the last few episodes, he's not, I'm not going to give away any part of the story in case you also decided, oh, all right, finally, I'm going to watch all these seasons of show because everybody is watching it and it's beginning to really pick my interest. Um, So I'm not going to say why, but there is a reason why I think he's starting to just maim people instead of kill people because the person with him is 
just really angry at him and always yelling at him and telling him to stop it. So he's still doing really bad things, but he seems to be killing people less. So like what in your story could somebody have as their default behavior that they just do less of? But it's funny because you're like, okay, I don't actually want you to maim or kill. But because you said don't kill people anymore, they were like, oh, okay, well, I'll just maim them. Uh, this is something that I... um well, I don't know, first saw, but definitely was first laughing and paying attention to in the TV show Person of Interest. I love that show. And we watched every single episode of that one at least once. Um, and that was the same thing. Like near the beginning, the really smart rich guy is telling the ex-soldier guy, we don't kill people. And he's like, okay, okay. So then... <laughs> From then on out, he pretty much always shoots everybody in the knee, which is just really funny to me for some reason. <laughs> so again, you could look at this and go, okay, so what is this really bad behavior according to this person? Like maybe um, maybe a, a woman is trying to convince this guy, you can't be so rude to people. You can't just walk away without saying anything. Um, and then he's like, fine. So then after that, before he walks away, he says something, you know, ridiculous, like not charming, but he is doing what she was trying to get him to do. Like, stop just turning your back and walking away without saying anything. So there are humorous ways that you could do it and serious ways that you could do it. And I think that there's a lot of um, room for, well, I'm always looking at humor. So I think there's a lot of room for humor there. The other thing that we've been watching a lot of, this is probably the fourth or fifth or sixth time we've been watching season one of The West Wing. Uh, remember, all of our 166 boxes arrived, including many, many boxes of DVDs. So our 400 plus DVDs are sitting on the shelf, calling out to be watched again. And we've been watching a lot of season one of West Wing again. And some of the um, things in there that really can work in any genre and any amount of, you know, from humor to dark or dark humor, um, secrets, secrets that are being kept even from the best friend or secrets that are being kept from everybody but the best friend. There's um, two different examples right there. Um, keeping your honor, but at a great cost, being honorable, but then knowing that you're going to, you know, lose something because you have decided to, to, continue to be honorable and keep your integrity, um, standing up for what you believe in. And this works great for conflict because the people on one side are standing up for what they believe in and the people on the other side are standing up for, for what they believe in. And then it's like, oh, that's really, really good conflict, you know, because depending on how you look at it, nobody's wrong, but we definitely have a problem. Um, and then another interesting one is loyalty at a cost. Like, I'm going to be loyal even if it costs me my job. Or um, actually in the episode that we saw last night of Game of Thrones, um, this this one, I just in case you also are deciding to <laughs> jump in at the beginning and watch it, I won't say who and what, but um, somebody is probably going to die. And um, the person who's been serving them uh, very faithfully, very loyally, and very honorably <laughs> for the last few years um, is trying to continue to serve them, even um, sneaking things to them and, and being a little sneaky and crafty. And, and um, the person was like, you have to leave because they will kill you. And um, it was this great moment of 
like trying to force this person to stop being loyal and save themselves. And then it's like, oh, which one is the better thing, you know, to die for a friend or to have the friend, you know, release you from the loyalty of friendship and try to save yourself. And anyway, it's all sorts of great things that you can do with that, right? Okay, for reasons that are, you know, beyond it doesn't matter. Uh, we've been talking, for some reason at work, we've been talking about um, children's fables. If you're watching on YouTube, sorry about the light, but the sun is going in and out behind the clouds, in and out, back and forth. So um, it, yeah, it looks really interesting on video um, because I'm getting lighter and darker. We've been talking about children's fables. I, I think it sort of came up accidentally. Um, anyway, and somebody was like, they are so dark. There's so much death and destruction in them. And then I remembered something that I had heard, I don't know, probably in, in college studying literature or something, I don't know, that um, many of them were written to scare children into obeying your parents. Like, look at this terrible thing that will happen to you if you don't obey your parents. And then you will be, you know, killed and eaten by a bear. <laughs> or whatever. Um, so definitely lots of conflict. And then it's just a matter of like, what could you do with it? Or what could you do with some of the ideas behind? Like, why do you think that fable was written? Was it written to warn children against stealing, warn children against lying, warn children against being disobedient to their parents? And then the whole disobedient to your parents thing, you could be like, are there warnings where we are um, warned not to be disobedient to our bosses or disobedient to our rulers? So there's lots of places where you can like take it from what it seems to be and then figure out how you can make it work for your story situation. Um, and then children's books have all kinds of stuff that they are trying to teach, even as they're entertaining. There's a lot of stuff about fears, you know, fears of being different, fears of being alone, fears of being forgotten or left behind or left out. Uh, there's so many things having to do with overcoming some sort of fear in a children's book, and that would be great conflict. Um, you could actually use most of the same fears and just put them in an adult context, because I think that we continue to have a lot of those same fears, especially things like being different, being left out or forgotten, that sort of thing. But there's also a lot of teaching to be something good. So teaching um, children's books that were... Um, by the end of the book, the child is supposed to feel like, oh, yes, I want to be brave like that. I want to be a better friend like that. I want to be um, more, whatever it is, courageous, heroic, uh, honorable, <laughs> loyal, I don't know. Um, and then there's all sorts of, you know, save the world elements and exploring the world elements and creating new worlds inside your own mind and imagination. So, Again, you would just look at the um, the base idea and then figure out, well, how does that work in my romantic suspense or my thriller or, you know, whatever story it is that you're writing that you're like, I can't quite get enough conflict in this book. Okay, then there's the way that I got the idea for this episode was when I was reading the Bible. <laughs> I get a lot of ideas while I'm reading my Bible. And sometimes I feel bad because I'm like, sorry, God, I... I'm not exactly thinking about you anymore. I'm actually thinking about how this applies to this book idea I have, but I figure he's cool with it as long as I'm mostly focusing on him. And then, I mean, he did give me the gift of writing and, and getting things out there in book form and other things. So I figure it's probably just a bonus, right? <laughs> um, anyway, 
So I was reading First Peter, and let me just read you this part that I was reading because then you'll probably better understand like how I started getting these ideas. Um, so it says, finally, all of you live in harmony live in harmony with one another. Be sympathetic, love as brothers, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but with blessing, because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from deceitful speech. He must turn from evil and do good. And then skipping down a verse, who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? Okay, so if you just take that little tiny section, which is maybe three sentences, um, there is a whole bunch of things that could be conflict if you took it the other way. That's like how to live a more peaceful life. But if you were looking for conflict, which is not peaceful, then you could go the other direction. So you could look at, you know, how can you have somebody uh, repay evil for evil or repay good with evil instead? Like you do me a good deed. And then like in this episode that I actually am not going to tell you about where, um, where the guy acted like I've, everything was going well. And yes, I will do this thing for you and you will do this thing for me. And that's fair and equitable and great. And then the next morning you see him riding off. He's stolen everything from the guy, knocked him on the head and his head's bleeding. And you're like, Okay, so that's repaying good with evil. <laughs> so all the things in the Bible where it's like, this is how you can live a better, um, more peaceful life and get along better with your neighbors and that sort of thing. You can just do the opposite of those things. And then there's all the things, do not do this, do not murder, do not blah, 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 all these things. So there's all these other things that you could use as conflict. So I find I find lots of conflicts that I can use no matter what part I'm looking at. Um, but I guess, you know, that's just the thing about being a writer is that you're always looking at things as maybe being an idea for something that you can use. Um, another thing is poetry books, because there is lots of conflict in love. So if you're writing romance, poetry books, that's a place to go for like, where can you find some conflict? Where can you find some ideas to add more conflict into the love portion of your story? Or if your whole story is a romance, you know, into the whole romance. Um, also, poetry holds a ton of interior conflict. So if you're trying to make a person seem more... Um, robust. And so you need to show more about what's going on inside their head, how they're looking at the world, how they think about themselves, how they think about other people. Poetry, again, great place to find some ideas for more conflict. So those are just the things that I wrote down just in a few minutes of like, where are all the places have I been, you know, finding great ideas for, for making my characters who are so nice and good and sweet and kind that they never have any conflicts. Like, where am I finding my ideas? So those are my ideas. And you probably have been thinking about even more ideas as you've been listening. Um, the Harry Potter books have tons of ideas for all different kinds of conflict. And then even if there aren't specific conflicts that, um, that you're like, oh, well, I don't really have like anybody who's fighting and uh, you know, a huge evil like Harry Potter fighting Voldemort. Voldemort. Um, but you can still get, you know, ideas. So for instance, um, uh, 
I was just watching uh, Game of Thrones season four and King Joffrey finally gets married. And let me just tell you, if you do know the story, this is my now my favorite episode. What happens at the end? I've been waiting for three seasons because I hate him so much and I've been enjoying hating him so much and I've been waiting for this day. So I'm super happy. Um, <laughs> anyway, there is a lot of in the last few episodes before that, there is a lot of just moderately small conflicts between all the parents and grandparents about how the wedding's going to be, who's going to pay for it, um, what it needs to look like to the community, you know, so that we can show how powerful we are and how rich we are and um, how the the parents on one side versus the parents on the other side are in conflict over, you know, different things that will happen or who's going to wear what or how the, you know, the order of this and that, you know, just all the little wedding details, um, the powerful grandmother overriding what seems to be any decision by the father of the bride, because she's just the matriarch of the family and she's going to make the decisions and he can just be quiet and let her do her thing with her granddaughter's wedding. I mean, these are things that you could use in any story that had a wedding. You know, the the conflicts, even little ones uh, between the bride and groom, the bride and groom and their parents, their grandparents, the other people who are um, in any way um, adding to the decision-making processes. So, Lots of ideas. I hope that you are really filled with lots of ideas now, especially if you're one of those people like me, who when you're writing a relatively sweet-ish book, or a truly sweet book, um, that you, if you have problems finding conflicts that are interesting and not boring, that you now have lots more ideas. Okay, so that's it for this week. Uh, I've got some really cool interviews of people coming up, which I'm not ready to announce yet simply because uh, we're trying to find dates on calendars when we can all get together and actually do the interviews. But I will say uh, there are agents definitely coming up, um, possibly editors, uh, lots more authors to share their process and how they do things to give you more ideas about how you might do things. And um, yeah, there's, there's stuff coming. So hang on. Uh, enjoy your week, get some writing done, write down some ideas, write down the ideas that you're having right now. Um, if you are driving or running or doing housework, maybe you can use your phone and um, give yourself some voice memos on all the things that you've been thinking about in the last little bit here while we've been talking. I hope you have a fantastic week. I hope the weather is whatever you want it to be. I'm personally going to enjoy some rain and some sun. That's my perfect combination of weather. And um yeah, I think talking to you has given me some more ideas about things that I can do. So let's both of us get back to writing. Have a great week. 